step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you on this Tuesday. We had a phenomenal weekend. I trust you did too. It's been a very, very good week here in Northwest Arkansas. Lots of good preparations, lots of good fellowship, lots of good word of the Lord. Saturday night, we had our dear friend, Pastor Rusty Lester and his lovely wife, Susan, came and they ministered the word of the Lord to the New Wine Ministry family uh, concerning the preparation of the heart and it was a wonderful time that we spent together and Sunday we got into a little bit of the word we did keep it off the air as much as possible just to inform the local ecclesia so we've been doing good yesterday we're doing a little jackhammering some other little work like that Uh, feeling good feeling really good and I trust you are too and I trust you had a great weekend as well I want to thank everybody for your continued support of our ministry I want to thank you for stepping up to the plate when it really counts. I want to thank you for coming alongside of this ministry and standing with us shoulder to shoulder and partnering with us so that we can do the unique calling that God has put in our lives as everybody else has their own unique calling as well. 
So again, I want to thank those of you who are uh, continuing to share your uh, resources with this ministry so that we can continue to do it. Uh, I said it a while ago, I've been constantly uh, requested of and asked by the Now Network uh, to go on their television programming. It's about, oh, I think they said 60 million homes around the world, the Now Network. Um, I, 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 I vaguely consider doing that. It's very reasonably cost. Um, and we would just take what we're doing on Saturday or Sunday and the video of it and then upload it to their broadcast and their television screen. Um, but I'm not sure what to do about that. I'm really not sure. Um, so pray about that. And I appreciate you partnering with us in that way as well. And we're still learning how to get on Rumble <laughs> to do a live stream. And I've got a friend, uh, Brother Mark's going to help me uh, eventually uh, learn how to get this thing going in the right direction. Anybody out there that is a software expert and you'd like to help get us, uh, you know, moving in that direction, uh, you're a computer expert, you know how that all works, uh, we welcome your help. So um, <clears throat> that's what our weekend was like. And, again, a, a thanks to everybody that's sharing. Uh, some very strange things are happening today in the news. Um, I, I, I'm not even going to share this one on the link, but uh, it's a true story. Uh, an Oklahoma man uh, has been arrested for first-degree murder. Uh, his excuse for murdering his friend that he went fishing with was that Bigfoot uh, actually told him to do it. You say, that, that can't be true. I wish it weren't true. Let me just read to you the, the article on that. I think it's interesting. Um, see if he comes up here again. So... It's true that this happened, um, and it, it kind of the news here link just keeps going through. Hey, there's my friend right there. All right. Uh, you know the picture of the, the two prophets I had behind me? I, there's one of them up here right now on the news feed. It talks about a 500-year-old icon uh, that was looted, unfortunately. So anyways, there's this man that went fishing uh, this last weekend, and uh, Bigfoot told him to kill his fishing partner true that actually happened bigfoot i'm sorry I, I can't get you know stuff like that i come from jersey city and that's funny but it's not funny it's very sad but that's the way things are right now right that's the way things are going um and that's really unfortunate so all right we're waiting for our friends to join us on the air here we are on blog talk radio wondering how that's all going this morning saying good morning to cindy first up on the chat room praise the lord uh, i want to show a video in just a moment of a more serious issue and, and not that that's not serious it really is serious um the guy that went fishing with him i i don't know i don't know the rest of the story i was going to read it but uh very very sad uh, that somebody thought Bigfoot told him to kill uh, this man. What are the days becoming? What are the days becoming? Well, we kind of know. We kind of know. And um, I, I have a word before. Maybe I'll, I'll present this first. I heard something in my spirit um, yesterday. And I, I think it's uh, important for right now. And what I heard in my spirit yesterday was that this moment right now, is no longer in the hands of man. You may think and say, well, it's never been in the hands of man. It's always been in the hands of God. Kind of true, kind of true. 
But reality is, is that men have been moving their purposes forward. Uh, men have been building their kingdom on earth. Men have been manipulating wars. Men have been doing all kinds of crazy things and uh, bringing us into 2020 and 2021 and bringing us into 9-11s and bringing us into global wars, you know, broke out here and there. And uh, men have been doing some really bad stuff. And uh, those at the top of the pyramid of the 13 families, of course, believe that they are in control and that they have been manipulating things and creating a psychological warfare upon the minds of the masses that is absolutely incredible, by the way, what they've done. Um, and it is that kind of real deep spiritual warfare. But God said yesterday, this moment, uh, we've stepped into something, uh, is no longer in the hands of man. And the only scripture that I could find uh, about that was in the book of Revelation, of course. And I want to talk about that and actually read a few verses and then I'm just going to hold off on the video for just a moment. Uh, I want to read a few verses because when I hear things in my spirit, I always want to know where in the word of God can you find these things, right? So I read where, what event in the scripture that tells us that world leaders and global leaders and world powers and people who are manipulating and controlling things all over the world, well, where do I find in Scripture where, for a moment, that ceases to exist that way? For a moment, it is a, uh, a takeover. In other words, where God steps in to a moment and says, nah, you're really not in control. I am. And the only passage of Scripture that I have found to back up the word, the prophetic word, the word by the Holy Spirit, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, call it what you will, is that this moment is no longer in the hands of man. Okay, so we're coming to a moment where men's hands are not going to be controlling or manipulating. So what passage where men have been manipulating and controlling, where they're interfered with? Well, it's in the sixth seal. And in the sixth seal in the book of Revelation, chapter 6, verse 12. Sorry, I'm going to have to do this here. Revelation, chapter 6, verse 12. And here's what we read. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal. And lo, there was a great earthquake. So the seal opens great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth. Well, I will not only shake the earth, but I will shake the heavens. I will shake the heavens and the earth, the heavens and the earth. Here's a great shaking, and we see first in the sixth seal, a celestial event taking place, powers in heaven being shaken. And then it goes on to say that these stars that, are, uh, that fell towards the earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs. Okay, so these fig trees are falling from the tree. And in the same manner, here is a symbolism of uh, stars falling towards the earth. 
Uh, and the, speaking of the fig tree that casts her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. So there's a mighty wind that will blow with this earthquake, and the stars of heaven are going to fall towards the earth um, like a fig tree whose untimely figs fall when it's shaken of a mighty wind. And then what happens? Then in this sixth seal, it says, and the heaven departed as a scroll. So if you can imagine a scroll and it's rolling up, so something happens in, the, in, in space, if you will, and uh, the heaven departed as a scroll. So there's, there's, a, there's a gap, there's space, there's a vacuum, there's something that happens in space. Uh, when she is, uh, is a, it departed as a scroll, when it is rolled together, and then it goes on to say, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places, mountains and islands. Now, in a purely physical uh, manner, you know, every mountain being moved out of its place, that's potentially possible. We saw that in Japan uh, with the tsunami, that it moved the island of Japan out of the way, a great mountain in India somewhere that was moved out of the way. Uh, but this earthquake would be a massive earthquake to move every mountain and island out of the way. That would be quite a shaking. Uh, mountains and islands also represent uh, major kingdoms and smaller nations. Uh, the mountains are empires in the Bible. It speaks of that in the book of Jeremiah. So symbolically speaking, uh, every mountain and every island being moved out of their place, uh, it could be an upheaval of governmental powers where great nations, the mountain empires, are being shaken out of their position, and then the island nations are being moved as well, possibly. And also the sun, moon, and star effect that they showed earlier in this chapter could refer to what the prophet Isaiah said, look now to your stargazers and to your prognosticators. And, uh, you know, it's the idea of a, a, a man at sea who navigates by the stars, but, you know, something comes in and blinds or it blocks it. It creates a, an inability to actually navigate by the stars because the storm clouds are there. So something happens where man will not be able to navigate uh, by his astrology, by the stars, uh, by the moon, by the sun, you know, all those things that people measure time with. Uh, it wouldn't be there in a symbolic way. And I'm not saying that's exactly what Revelation chapter 6, verses 12 to 17 are talking about symbolic, uh, but you know, you have a massive earthquake, you have the wind blowing, uh, stars falling to the earth. In other words, you have a heaven rolling up like a scroll. So regardless of what it is, what happens at that point? Well, it's in verse 15. It says, the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man. Now, these, to me, appear to be people that are in control. So when I heard the, the, the Spirit of God say, this moment is no longer in the hands of man, it's like, hey, you know, this man's hands aren't in it. Well, this scripture kind of confirms that because, again, it's talking about the kings of the earth. It's talking about the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman and every free man. What did they do? Well, they hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Why? Because it's out of their control. There's something ready to happen that's beyond their ability. They are no longer manipulating it. They are no longer controlling it. 
And that's what we see here in Revelation in the sixth seal. And they said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne. And from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Now, I've done a little study on this before when it talks about the wrath of the Lamb. You know, the Bible talks about the wrath of man. It talks about the wrath of the Lamb. It talks about the wrath of the dragon. And it talks about the wrath of God. And each one of those have their place in Scripture, and they have to be rightly divided. So the wrath of man, James talks about the wrath of man, and the Bible talks about the wrath of man, how it doesn't produce anything of the righteousness of God. So, yeah, man's wrath, he gets angry. We see man's wrath. You know, a man told by Bigfoot, kill your fishing buddy, right? Um, So that we see the wrath of man. Now we have this scripture where we see this wrath of the lamb and this this appearing, this this, uh, parousia, Uh, or this erkomai, if you will, whichever Greek word we want to put there, this appearing of the wrath of the Lamb is very interesting because it happens at a time where seemingly with the other five seals that have gone before this sixth seal, uh, there's a lot of man-made activity going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, you have New World Order being built. You have Towers of Babel being built. You have CERN, you know, building things. You have all this globalist agenda, New World Order You know, men are just working feverishly through all their resources and all their satanic energy and synergy and uh, taking from the mind of the adversary and building, building, building. But all of a sudden, there is a display. All of a sudden, there's an interference. All of a sudden, there's an appearing, and it is the appearing of the wrath of the Lamb. And for that moment, all these people go into hiding in terror. All right, that's really important. This moment, that's what I heard yesterday, this moment, whatever this moment is, is no longer in the hands of man. Something's ready to happen beyond their ability, and the only scripture I could see is the sixth seal opening. In my research in the book of Revelation, I always have been stuck right here at the sixth seal, because I believe, whether you look at it historically, futuristically, symbolically, I mean, in every way, I have seen where the, and particularly for me since 19 or since 2001, I believe the seals opened uh, in 2001. I could get into explanation about that uh, another time. You may not agree. That's okay. I love you. You love me. But in reality, this um, sixth seal has never opened. I could count. I could view. I can find from 2001, and if I need to go back to the beginning and go with the historical view, I can. All the other five seals are open. I get it. I see it. It's there. It's plain to see. But the sixth seal, this event, at the end of time, when the Lamb makes an appearing that sends all the world rulers into their bunkers, all the kings of the earth are now going into hiding. Something of a divine impact is ready to happen. And I believe this event, in my personal understanding, you may say we're way beyond that. I get that. And we may be. Um, But we're going to keep living like today is the day. Okay, so we keep living. We're not waiting for anything to happen. We believe we're in it. But something's ready to happen where all man's hands will have no say in what's about to happen. What is that? What is that? I don't know. But there's something of an appearing 
of the wrath of the Lamb. Now, this to me ushers in a particular season, okay? Um, As I said, there are four different wraths that I become aware of in the scriptures, the wrath of man, the wrath of the lamb, the wrath of the dragon, and the wrath of God. In the book of Revelation, you'll find the wrath of man when they shake their fist against the holy God, right? And the nations were angry. So you'll find the wrath of man. This wrath of the lamb happens at a moment where everything in the uh, created universe is affected, okay? And it affects people on the earth. You'll find the wrath of the dragon in Revelation chapter 13, uh, Revelation 12 and 13. You'll find the wrath of the dragon. The great tribulation is about the wrath of the dragon. It is the dragon's wrath. It is not the wrath of God for people that say we're not appointed to God's wrath or the wrath of God or it's wrath. Um, Man has wrath. The lamb has wrath. The dragon has wrath because he knows he has a short time. The great tribulation period, those three and a half years, those 42 months, those 1260 days are a period of time given to us by God in scripture to to be able to navigate through because he who endures to the end of that period of time to the generation that will be in it uh, will be saved, right? So the wrath of the dragon is the great tribulation period. In Revelation chapter 16 is when the seven vials of the wrath of God are poured out upon the beast kingdom, mystery Babylon, and all of that uh, that has been built up. So you have to look at it in a way where man's wrath has existed since Cain murdered Abel. Man's wrath is in the, in the world. There comes a time in Bible prophecy where the lamb is going to display his wrath. It's a time where he's just going to show himself, and they're all going to be crying out, and they're going to be shouting, save us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. So there's an appearing. Is that at the door? In my personal understanding, my view of things? Yes. I still believe that the sixth seal is the next great event to happen on this earth in Bible prophecy. Once that sixth seal you see, and I, another thing about the seals for people that may not have considered this before, if you go back to Zechariah uh, chapter 10, and I, I'd like to do that, just take some time. Um, in Zechariah chapter 10, there's an awesome passage of scripture that, and, I, and this is where the Bible interprets itself, right? So consider this, and many of you have heard me say this before, but uh, just maybe for that one individual that has not heard, Uh, I want you to see this before we move forward. So Zechariah chapter 10, and I'll just begin in verse 3. Zechariah 10, 3. Mark this down. Get your yellow marker, whatever. Mark it down. My anger was kindled against the shepherds, and I punished the goats. For the Lord of hosts has visited his flock. Now watch this. The Lord of hosts has visited his flock, the house of Judah. There's your remnant, okay? There's Judah. A lot of symbolism and reality to Judah. But we know he's visited his flock, the house of Judah, and has made them as his goodly horse in the battle. Now listen, the house of Judah was compared to a goodly horse for the battle. Okay, and I'm going to show you that battle horse in just a moment. The Lord's battle horse, okay? Now, 
it says here that he's made them, Judah, his flock, as his goodly horse in the battle. And then in verse 5, okay, just to, to keep it consistent, verse 5, you could do all the study in-betweens. And they shall be as mighty men. Who? The house of Judah, his battle horse. They shall be as mighty men, which tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in the battle. All right, so Judah is the battle horse. They're like mighty men in the battle treading down. And they shall fight Judah, the goodly horse, because the Lord is with them. Okay, so the Lord is with them. So they shall fight as the house of Judah, as a goodly horse in the battle. They shall fight. They shall tread down in the mire of the streets, right? Because the Lord is with them. And listen to this. And the riders on horses shall be confounded. Now, when you go to Revelation chapter 6 again, you know that the first four seals are four horses. So, the riders on horses shall be confounded. The way this actually works out, if you go to Revelation chapter 6 and you look at the white horse, the red horse, the black horse, the greenish colored horse, which, by the way, all those colors are the colors of Islam. The, the white, red, black, green is their color. Their green is their symbol, their Quran, their Hadith, their books, their literature. Everything about Islam is the, the colors of the four horses of the apocalypse, which is very interesting and something to be considered and viewed. Um, and, and I think it's a fascinating view, by the way, because Ishmael, uh, representing the Islamic world today, is the wild man whose hand is against every man's hand and every man's hand against him. And so you have the wild man um, in these final days in 9-11 that opened a door. There's a lot of study there, but let me get back to my point. So the, the riders on horses will be confounded. My point is, when a seal opens and a horse is released and an event happens, for example, 9-11, I believe that's connected to the white horse, and I'll explain why some other time. So let's just say that a white horse named Al-Qaeda, which means the base, uh, was released and they took their aeroplanes because they had a bow in his hands. The aeroplanes flew through the sky, knocked down the Twin Towers. Let's just say that event happened. That doesn't mean that the horse is gone. What it actually means is each horse that leaves the gate, each seal that is released, each one of those horses, they release and they go and they keep on riding to the very end. And that's why we have the Lord has a horse. The Lord's horse is uh, the house of Judah, the remnant. It's his battle horse. It's people that are going to fight in the battle because the Lord is with them, right? So the four horses are not the Lord's battle horse. The Lord's battle horse is found all the way over here. And you know this by now. It's Revelation chapter 19. Now, this Revelation chapter 19 in verse 11, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. Now this is in my understanding of scripture, I believe this with my very breath, it, it, this white horse is the horse referred to by Zechariah in Zechariah chapter 10. This is the house of Judah representing maybe the 144,000, the overcomers, 
the sons of God, whoever this remnant is, the house of Judah, this is the Lord's battle horse. Now we see in Revelation 19, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. This is Jesus Christ sitting on the horse. But it's not a horse coming out of heaven with wings, an actual horse. It's a people. So when the Lord returns to the earth after the destruction of Babylon, after the wrath of God has been poured out in the seven vials of the wrath of God, after mystery Babylon has come down, after the satanic kingdom, the kingdom of the beast, they're gnawing on their tongues because of the wrath of God. After all this, the Lord is going to descend from heaven with his armies. He's going to be in his remnant. He's going to be among his people. And he's going to come back and do what? Well, it says, he that sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. So in Zechariah chapter 10, he chooses Judah to be his goodly horse for the battle. And they're going to fight. That's war, battle, fight, war. And so here you have in Revelation 19, one who's riding a white horse, a sanctified, holy people, called out, set apart, and the one riding it is his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. There's only one Word of God, and that is Yahshua. That is Jesus. So Jesus, after the vials of the wrath of God are poured out, which happens after the tribulation, and Immediately after the tribulation is when the resurrection will take place. The dead in Christ will rise. Those alive and remaining after the tribulation will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Then the seven vials of the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth. We will not be there for that, right? Now the wrath of God, after the wrath of God is poured out in Revelation 16, it's poured out on uh, Mystery Babylon, the Babylonian system, all of that, chapter 17 and 18. So after the total destruction of the satanic kingdom, which was useful to the Great Tribulation period, during the Great Tribulation, Mystery Babylon is going to be in the zenith of her power. Uh, Babylon the Great is going to be in the zenith of his power. The satanic kingdom is going to be in the zenith of his power. This is all going to be alive and functioning well during the Great Tribulation, the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth under the control of Lucifer the son of perdition, the man of sin. This is Bible. This is simple. We could lay that out. But I don't like charts. But that you hear what I'm saying. So then comes, after all that destruction, the great tribulation, we go through it. They're caught up to meet the Lord, uh, the, the, the resurrection. Then comes the vials of the wrath of God, the destruction of mystery Babylon, the satanic kingdom. Then we're told that Jesus rides his white horse. And he comes, and his white horse is a people, it's Judah, the overcomers, and the rest of his armies are following him. Here's what it says. It says, the armies, in verse 14, the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses. So he's on his remnant. He's in the midst of his remnant people, 144,000, whoever this is, the overcomers. Uh, but the other armies, the rest of the saints are coming on white horses, the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of it, these are the sanctified saints of God Almighty that made it into heaven. They're God's people. They went through a lot to get there. Um, uh, then uh, what happens here? Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, and with it he smites, yeah, that he should smite the nations. 
and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So this is none other than Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So when we talk about the four horses leaving the gates, they will ride to the very end, but they will be confounded by the rider on the white horse in Revelation 19. So the enemy is going to be alive and well to the very end until God pours out his wrath upon that entire global world satanic system. So this moment is no longer in the hands of man. Revelation chapter 6, the sixth seal. The first five seals are wide open. We can see clearly they have already opened, but they're not done. They continue to ride. Now, we do know in Revelation chapter 7, so you have this intense stuff going on in Revelation chapter 6. You have these six seals opening. I believe we're waiting for the sixth seal, and I believe it's right now. I believe it's at the door. I believe that there's an event coming that's going to connect to the sixth seal. I could be wrong. I could miss it on this. But I believe the others are already in motion, those other Five seals are open. The other, the, the horses have left the gate. They're riding through the earth. They're doing what they do. That's why you're going to continue to see economic imbalance. You're going to see revolutionary wars. You're going to see civil wars. You're going to see uh, deception. You're going to see all these things happening. You're going to see a lot of it. Food shortages. That's because the four horses left the gate. So they just keep riding. Everywhere they go, they bring this, this uh, atmosphere. The fifth seal is just simply the martyrs, and they're told to wait until the rest of the martyrs are going to die like them, join them. So that seal is open. The only seal is the sixth seal that we have no evidence, never seen where that has opened, where the, the, the world rulers are running to their bunkers, hide from, hiding from the face. So what happens? There's an appearing. I wonder what that will be like. I wonder what that will look like if, if we're on track with this. I would just wonder. How does the Lord do it? Just go, hello. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I think they see something that terrifies them. Uh, and, and whatever it is, however it manifests, they, they, they see him seated on the throne and the, and, the, and the wrath of the Lamb. They see him. They see it. And it's like an appearing. And what a great time right now for that appearing. Now, here's the interesting thing. That appearing only begins, the sixth seal, only begins a new level of birth pangs, a more intensified, uh, a more accelerated, quickened measure of events. Okay, so think about it. Uh, everything that's happened up till today, right now, we're talking Everything that has happened up until this very moment, we have, been, we have been witnessing a woman in travail. Global events all over the world. Uh, the first four seals open, the fifth seal open. Matthew 24, verses 4 to 8, hand in glove with the first four seals. And we've seen this all open. It's all going. It's in motion. It's all over the world. And there's a shaking, especially since 2001, in my humble opinion. Okay, my view of things. So the world has been going through this for 21 years now, coming up this September, 21 years. Triple seven. 
And the sixth seal is such a powerful event, and we don't know how long it lasts. We just know that it's a powerful event. And then what follows it in chapter 7 of the book of Revelation is very interesting. Because in Revelation chapter 7, after that sixth seal event, we read this. And after these things, see what it, this follows. It's chronological. It's after these things. I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth. So chapter 7 is all about these four winds, these four winds. Now, the winds, these four winds are very important to understanding Bible prophecy because in Daniel chapter 7, what was happening here? If you go back to Daniel chapter 7, all right, let's take a peek at it. And then we'll get into our video that I wanted to show you and some incredible things that are happening everywhere. But Daniel chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, here's what you read. And uh, let's just read verse 2 because that's where it really is. Daniel spoke and said, I saw in my vision by night and behold the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea. Now, in the amplified version of the Bible, what it says is I saw the four winds representing political and social agitations. Political and social agitations. The four winds represent political and social agitation. And they were blowing on the great sea and in the amplified of humanity. The great sea of humanity. So what you have to imagine is that here is the sea of humanity in the days of Daniel. He saw this in a vision, the sea of humanity. And all of a sudden, political and social agitations are stirring up the great sea. So there's turmoil going on. Now, in Luke chapter 21, Jesus said that the, the sea and the waves are roaring, distress upon the earth, distress of nations. We'll read that in just a moment. But I want you to notice that it's the political and social agitations stirring up the great sea. And what happens? Well, Four great beasts came up from the sea, different from one another. Now, in, the, in Daniel's vision, these four winds, political and social agitations, are blowing. The seas are getting restless, humanity. And then out of that turmoilous sea came a beast. The first one was a lion. The second one was a leopard. The third one was a bear, or vice versa. Um, yeah, lion, bear, leopard. And then the fourth Roman Empire or the Iron Kingdom. But they were all different from one another. Notice this. In Daniel's vision, a kingdom would come up, Babylon. It would fall and a new kingdom would come, the Medo-Persian Empire. It would fall. Then would come the Grecian Empire. It would fall. Then would come the Roman Empire, as we understand Bible prophecy, right? And so... Something very unique happens in the book of Revelation again. So you get to the book of Revelation, chapter 7, and what's happening? You have these four winds again, but these four angels are holding back the wind. They're holding back the wind. 
holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor the sea, nor any tree. Verse 2 of Revelation chapter 7. And it says, I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So in the book of Revelation, it was given to these four angels that have the four winds to hurt the earth. But they're being held back. And I want you to put this together with the sixth seal. Global earthquake, mountains moving, islands moving, stars falling from heaven, blood red moon, sackcloth of hair, totally out of the hands of men. They're flipping out. They're going to the caves. They're hiding under the rocks. And so, you know, when there's a major earthquake, there's a lot of aftershocks. Well, right after this sixth seal in the chapter seven, now we find a four wind scenario. Now, what were the four winds in the book of Daniel? Political and social agitations, stirring up the great sea of humanity. Gee, I wonder, are there great political and social agitations that are kind of moving around and about to a degree right now? There's, it's beginning to really grow here, but watch this. These four angels hold back those winds. In other words, you don't release them until we've sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. Now, this seal is found in Revelation chapter 7. It talks about the remnant, the 144,000, 12,000 out of each of the tribes. We could get into that and the meaning of that at another time. But it's also mentioned in Revelation chapter 14, who they are. And it's also mentioned in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 9. Those that were sealed were those who mourned and wept and lamented over the condition of things. We'll go into that, but the seal is important. But what about these winds? Well, the rest of Revelation chapter 7 is just talking about the 144,000 and the rest of the people, the untold multitude. But when you get to Revelation chapter 8, a mystery takes place. Number one, it opens a, a new series of events known as the trumpet series. So let's move quickly, and you got to connect this, Revelation chapter 8, to the sixth seal of Revelation chapter 6, realizing that chapter 7 is a pause in the pangs. Revelation is a pause in the pangs, okay? There's a holding back of the winds. There's the numbering of the 144,000. There's the, the, the foreknowledge of the untold multitude and, and where they've come out of and where they've been, and that's kind of a, an event showing things to come. But chapter 8 connects to the sixth seal in this way. It says, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. So all that shaking, the stars falling from heaven, the earthquake, the sun, the moon, everybody, you know, all this stuff, mountains and islands. Well, now, at the opening of the seventh seal, there's silence in heaven. It's like after a massive explosion, silence. There's, and it's about the space of half an hour. So there's a period of time here. After the sixth seal event, there's a space of time before the next labor pains come. And I saw, in verse 2, the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Seven trumpets. Now we're moving into the trumpet judgments. Okay? But here's what's interesting. 
This is what God taught me. You cannot hear a sound from a trumpet unless you blow wind through it. The four winds that are being held back in Revelation chapter 7, the first four trumpets are very unique to the following three. And I'll show you how that works in just a moment. But the first four trumpets are the first four winds or the four winds of Revelation chapter 7 that the four angels are holding back for a space of time because there's a silence here. So what happens? During that space of silence between the sixth seal event and the trumpets that will begin to sound, in between that, what's happening? Well, verse 3, another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it under the earth. And there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake, an aftershock, right? So what's happening after the sixth seal event? You have this space of time, silence. And you can imagine if the church wasn't praying Before the sixth seal event, I guarantee you when that sixth seal opens and this global event takes place in the sixth seal, and then it's done, prayer is going to be coming up from all over the earth. Prayer is going to be rising from all the continents of the earth. I'm telling you, we're here, and there's a shaking going on. You know, people say the the saints of God can't be found after Revelation chapter 4. Well, here they are, and the prayers of the saints are coming up with the incense. Saints of God are on the earth during this cataclysmic six-seal event, and they're going to be here through the hall of it. Now, listen to this. Verse 6. The seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. All seven are ready to sound. And let's look at them. Look at the chronology here. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood. They were cast upon the earth. Talk about social and political uh, upheavals, right? And earth events, right? Well, here comes the first one. It's cast on the earth. And the third part of the trees were burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. Wow, all green grass burnt up. A third part of the trees burnt up. And it was cast on the earth. So the first trumpet releases something of hail and fire mingled with blood. My friend, Dr. Jeffrey Goodman, says this is comets, cometary impact. Some say it's nuclear bombs, bombs going off everywhere. Um, I like the idea of the hail uh, and the fire uh, mingled with blood. And there is a Scientology Uh, He was a geologist, Dr. Jeffrey Goodman is a geologist, he studied rocks, and so he studied space rocks and comets and asteroids and meteorites, and uh, all of this is connected to what a comet could be. So whatever it is, this first trumpet is going to hit the earth, so there's going to be an earth impact. After the sixth seal event, chapter uh, verse 8, 
And the second angel sounded, as it were, a great mountain burning with fire. A great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. So first you have an earth event. Now you have a sea event. And it sounds like a great mountain burning with fire. Well, it could be a volcano, but this is a what? This is a great mountain burning with fire. It was as it were. So it's kind of like a symbol, right? All of these. But as it were a great mountain burning with fire and cast into the sea. Now, lava comes out of a volcano and pours into the ocean. I get that. But this sounds more like a meteorite. It's, like, it's a massive rock that's on fire and is burning and it's being thrown into the sea, cast into the sea. So what happens? The third part of the sea became blood third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and the third part of the ships were destroyed. So now we have a sea event. First trumpet, earth event. Second trumpet, sea event. And they both seem to be celestial bodies, comets, asteroids, meteorites, employed, which is why it's out of the hands of men. That's why I think this is what's at the door right now. I think this is what is coming at the door. But let's see. Let's go a little further. Verse 10. The third angel sounded. There fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. Again, comet, asteroid, meteorite. It fell upon the third part of the rivers and a third part of the fountains of waters. So now you have a water supply event. You have the earth. You have the sea. Now you have the rivers and the fountains of waters. That's where people drink. And what happens? And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And as the third part of the waters became Wormwood, many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, the Chernobyl event, they named something about Wormwood, but they were only utilizing information to describe a small event. I believe what is ahead of us in this impact that's going to hit the rivers and the fountains of waters, um, you know, there's such deep meaning to this, my God. Um, And people's waters being made bitter, you know, out of your belly shall flow a river of living water. It could be that many saints are going to become embittered by the events. But I want to stay more uh, realistic here with the idea that people won't be able to drink water because the water supply in the nations is going to be hit at least a third part of the rivers and the fountains of waters and a lot of people are going to die because of it so now we move into verse 12 the fourth angel sounded and the third part of the sun was smitten and the third part of the moon and the third part of the stars so as the third part of them was darkened the day shone not for a third part of it and the night likewise now watch this you have an earth event a sea event a water supply event, and now you have an event that's going to affect the sun, moon, and stars, a celestial event. First trumpet, earth. Second trumpet, sea. Third trumpet, river, fountain, water supply. Fourth trumpet, celestial darkening of the sun, moon, and stars. And then what happens? Now, again, this is following the sixth seal event. Verse 13 says... And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, 
woe to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. The four trumpets are isolated. They're isolated events. They are the four winds. When a trumpet sounds, a wind is released. The second trumpet sounds, a wind is released. A third trumpet sounded, a wind is released. A fourth trumpet sounds, a wind is released. And then there's a pause. So chapter 7, with the four winds, you could see how all these four trumpet events are going to stir man, the sea, the great sea of humanity, how the great sea of humanity on planet Earth is going to be affected by these things, and how the uproar and the distress, right now it's been kind of there. There's a little bit of problems, but it's been under control in the hands of man. But the times are coming where this is going to be out of the control of the hands of man. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? Chapter 8 finishes up with the ending of the four trumpets. Chapter 9 is the final, uh, the next trumpets. The next three trumpets are unveiled in chapter 9. So, and, and those events become very, very powerful. The, the last three, no wonder why the angel was saying, whoa, 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 because that by that time, we're opening up fabrics in the space. Uh, you have demonic spirits coming out of a pit. You have World War III, global nuclear World War III, most likely in the sixth trumpet event. And then the seventh trumpet opens up another whole dimension of things. So, I just wanted to say, and, and I got to move on right now. Um, <clears throat> there's some excellent Bible teachers out there that have a tremendous uh, handle on these things. Uh, this is my personal study, and I would just go on to say that chapter 10 of the book of Revelation, uh, it goes into another pause in the pangs. Revelation chapter 10 is another pause in the pangs. Uh, Revelation chapter 11 is where I, be, I believe that things were, are, are going to get real feisty in chapter 11. Uh, you have some incredible events happen with the two witnesses um, and some other opening of events. Chapter 12 and 13 is where we get the great lead-in to the tribulation period. So all these chapters, chapter 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, are all lead up to the greatest tribulation to ever hit the face of the earth. The, the World War III, the sixth trumpet, is not the great tribulation. The locusts coming out of the pits, that's not the great tribulation. These are events you, you and I need to be sealed so none of these events have power over us. Okay? I mean, it's just a reality. And, you, and that's what we hope. But we know a lot of people are going to die, the untold multitude. Um, but by the time these events are finished, now we get to the great tribulation where Lucifer has actually come into the earth. And for three and a half years, he's ruling and reigning. I, I need to stop there. I didn't intend to do all this today. I just wanted to say that the, the Spirit of God said that this moment, whatever this moment is, 
is no longer in the hands of man. Now, here's something very interesting. I want to show you a video. Uh, you probably already all know this, but um, here it is. I'm going to put it on. I'm going to add it to the stream. And I want to uh, actually play this for you right now. And I'm going to go back to that very event myself. Let's see if we can get it going good here. So what did we just hear? I'm going to put that back a little bit more here, and I want to probably replay that again. Uh, what did we just hear? What did you just hear in that? What you just heard was from the New York City uh, governmental powers warning and preparing the citizens of New York City for a nuclear attack. It's not hoax. It's not pretend. This is a warning. And they're telling the citizens of New York, you got it. If, if the bomb goes off, you got it. Just go into the house. Now, I want to I say something to this, and it's very important, because this is terrifying, quite frankly, if you want to know the truth. But not for you and I, okay? I have a scripture here. And I went to bed. This went over in my mind, over and over. I'm laying down on my pillow last night, and it's going over and over and over. And it's Psalm 91, verse 8. Psalm 91, verse 8. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. So I had seen this video, and I had put this video up. Uh, I, my friend sent it to me. And then later on that evening, only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. And I thought to myself, there is not a more wicked city than New York City with the blasphemous blasphemy that pours out of that legislation, their bloodletting that on the full blood red wolf moon in 2021, they legalize full-term abortion. I mean, these people, they are the 
culmination of every vile, filthy, wicked. I'm talking about the legislators that promote these things. The citizens, oh, they're being set up for slaughter. And I kept hearing it. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. So I want to know, what does the reward mean? The reward of the wicked is the shaloma, the shaloma. Yeah, you take, you take this word, and this is very interesting. The shaloma means retribution. Oh, my gosh. Now watch this, okay? Uh, retribution, recompense, reward, requital. So this is the shaloma. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the shaloma of the wicked. So this is the time of retribution. So New York City comes out with a video saying, get ready for a nuclear bomb. And what are they telling you to do? Let's play it one more time. Let's play it one more time. Here we go. Let's one more time. The big one is hit. How or why? We don't know. We just know that it did. This is the government of New York City warning them of an impending nuclear disaster. Their own government. The prophets of Almighty God have already spoken this destruction over New York City during this entire generation, including Pastor David Wilkerson, who saw a thousand fires burning, I think that city is going to be consumed in the cauldron. I really do. I fear for people that live there and are not aware. But now here's, here's, the, new, here's the government giving them this saying, well, we don't know why or how it happened. We just know it happened. Let's just play that again. That's kind of interesting. Here we go. Wait a second. I want to get back to here. There we go. Just listen very carefully. happen in 2020 
2021? Did we just have global government control where they were actually telling citizens of the planet, don't go outside until we tell you it's safe because there's a problem out there. Didn't we just hear that? Yeah, I think we did. I'm pretty sure we did. Some people capitulated, obeyed, listened. Others didn't. Others trusted God or whatever source they go by and said, nah, I'm going out. No, I'm not going to wear this or that. So now the New York City official governmental pages are now telling the people, stay tuned, because it's happening. And we're supposedly at a war with Russia or kind of the the Russian-Ukraine thing. Um, Islamic terrorists, sleeper cells, that have been in this country integrated with our society so deeply you can't even separate them from uh, the real American citizens. Um, They're awakened now. The sleeper cells have awoken. Uh, These terror cells integrated in the fabric of our society, in Congress, in the Senate, in the White House, in buildings throughout all states and major cities, capital buildings, in Hollywood, in every sector of society, in university, in schools, infiltration, integration, to the degree you cannot tell the difference like wheat and chaff until. So there's, a, there's an integration and nobody knows, but they're awake and they're ready to go. This we know. We know this. America is not the end of all for the global new world order. The only part about America is you got to break it for a new world order to become what they want it to become. So blowing up New York City, they'll probably have a new United Nations building somewhere. Um, they'll probably be, um, you know, uh, outside maybe in China, you know, the new global world power that's coming. Uh, who knows how that's going to work. But has anybody ever stopped to consider, because this is not in the hands of man, has anybody ever stopped to consider that God could release a comet on the East Coast? I know it sounds far-fetched, right? But it's in the Bible. There's an event The stars are going to be falling from heaven toward the earth. Now, only with our eyes. That means we won't be there. That means we will not be in the cities marked for destruction. Every state and every city that has opened the door to abortion and homosexuality is marked for destruction. I don't care if your state, and this is really unfortunate, Your state signed off and said, no more Roe versus Wade, but we totally support the LGBTQ community, so we're safe. No, you're not. You're marked for disaster. But God's a pretty good shot. I mean, he knows exactly where to send his weapons of war. 
But there will be God's people that will be sealed. Remember, before these events, they'll be sealed. And they will only with their eyes behold and see the reward of the wicked. There's a reward coming. There's a recompense coming. There's a retribution coming to the nations of the earth who have offended God Almighty. See, I believe that. And (laughs) the nations are a drop in the bucket compared to God because he's got some really awesome weapons. God does. You can send a rock. Just speak to it. Point to it. Look at it. Go. And right out of the York belt, a release. He created all of it, folks. He created all of it. His armory, his treasury, it's all God's. And I, I believe in my heart today, can't prove anything. I believe it. I have faith. I believe that God is saying to his kids, get out of the way now. In other words, we're out there, you guys are bad. What you're doing is wrong. And God's just kind of stepping up and he's saying, thank you. Thank you. Now, step back and get out of the way. You warned them like I told you to warn them. You said what I needed you to say. Now step back. I want you to go into your chamber. I want you to shut the door, kids. Okay, I want this seal is on you. You're my children. You're my prophets. You're my you're my you're my true ones who did what very few were willing to do in a climate of luxury and success. You spoke what you needed to speak. You said what you needed to say, and you needed to because I told you to. So You went out there and spoke what very few would have spoken, and now your job is done. Now step back, go into your chamber, go into your ark, shut the door, because I'm ready to release something now. That's exactly what this moment is like. It's what it feels like. It's what the substance of the moment feels like. And God's ready to say, all right, big boys, all right, governments, all right, world leaders, all right, globalists, all right. So you've been doing your thing. Now your day of retribution has come. And God doesn't just need to release one comment in New York City. God can begin to release a global shaking all over the world that all this Russia-Ukraine thing, all this, you know, military stuff, it would all stop in a New York second, right? It would all stop. It would cease. Because God all of a sudden is sending comets out of space, asteroids, meteorites all over the world, Paris, France, wherever, Saudi Arabia, wherever. I mean, all over the world, there's a release, a comet release. Everything is shaken, which looses the Oort belt, and God is orchestrating the whole thing. And suddenly, biblically, here they come. Comets falling in New York City, Los Angeles, California, Denver, Colorado. Yes, they could be nuclear bombs, but this one, God said, this moment is no longer in the hands of man. In other words, I'm now going to fulfill a prophecy. I'm stepping in. Is that possible? You bet it's possible. <laughs> you know, our calculations are, could be wrong, Right. But uh, our charge could be off just a little bit. We may, we may miss something. But that's the impression of this moment. 
And I don't know what else to do but describe it and say, when you, you know, let me just do this real quick. Let's go back to the famous passage of Luke chapter 21, verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. The powers of heaven shall be shaken. There it is. Jesus, Yeshua, described an event, a time in the history of the world where the powers of heaven, the celestial bodies in heaven will be shaken and that the earth, men's hearts will be failing them for fear for what they see coming on the earth and the sea and the waves are going to be roaring and there's going to be perplexity and no way out and distress. Oh my God. That's written in your Bible. See, this is when God becomes God. He's always God, but he's telling us something. I don't need men. To bring new, I could re, I could touch the sun and say to the sun, "Go," and it will release a cronial mass ejection, and the cronial mass ejection from the sun will create an electromagnetic pulse. It will fry the grid better than a nuclear bomb. In other words, God's got superior weapons to whatever man could do. God could do better. Is it possible? That the electrical grid that God warned and he showed the earth 32 years ago, dark, with a little light here and a little light here and a little light there, that all he has to do is speak, wink, look, say, point, cronial mass ejection, right out of the sun, wipes out the grid, knocks out power all over the world in a second, and then the shaking. Now comes the the meteorites, mountains burning with fire. Now comes the asteroids and the comets hitting cities and nations all over the world. The oceans are getting hit. Tsunamis are being created. You don't think that's going to cause men to flip out? You bet. And the, the event at the door right now, the sixth field, potential possible event, Everybody's going to be praying. (laughs) They're all going to be praying. But you know what's going to be amazing? The saints of God, the Christians, they're going to know that their Bible is what's leading the way. Not some Buddhist thing or some philosophical thing or some religious thing or some, you know, institutional thing. Their Bible had the wisdom because the word of God is true. And right now, if people understood the Bible, all the people in the world would have to sit back and go, wow, did you see what the Bible said? And it was written 2,000 years ago. What kind of mind could do that? And then God raises people up in each generation to declare what God has already said, just to tell the people, here we are. This is amazing. So New York City is warning their citizens about a nuclear bomb going off. The potential is there. I mean, the hunters have come to America. What the global New World Order is saying is, we are coming to take you down now. 
We're getting ready to uh, uh, do away with all of your independence. That's the mind of the New World Order. God may, however, step in and say, wait a second. It's my turn. I'm going to make a brief appearing. I'm going to shake the earth. You guys are going into your bunkers. I'm going to take care of things in my retribution because these evil, wicked people in New York City and other cities around the world, these wicked, evil New York City legislators, governments, these corrupt politicians, these wicked people that on a blood-red wolf moon open the door to full-term abortion, now it's retribution. I'm going to take care of this one. Well, he may do it through nuclear war. He may do it through other means. He may do it through comets, asteroids, or meteorites. He may do it through a cronial mass ejection from the sun. But whatever means God do, it's coming. This is the atmosphere. Now, the New World Order, they need to get America. They've they've got to divide and conquer this nation to lasso it, right? So they want an internal revolution. They want a civil war. They want, uh, you know, us to kill each other. That's what they want. They want the Americans to kill each other. And the Americans are blinded and confused because the integration of the evil ones, uh, like the Islamic terrorists and others uh, who have integrated into our society, rather than just a mild left and right paradigm where there was at least a a form of peace and rest and stability, uh, they've come to destabilize the nation and bring total war when nobody knows who's who anymore. Wait, these people that are on the news, they used to tell us what we needed to know because they were our friends, but now they're lying to us. And now they're, um, you know, telling us that we're really bad because of January 6th and uh, we're evil because we were, you know, uh, you see, they've become, they're now demonizing their own citizens because they've integrated, but they're not really Americans. They're communists, socialists. They're not the song that I want to play for you. I want to do something. I'm just going to go. I'm going to just go with the flow here. Um, I want you to hear it. And I, I, I saw this, and it was in my spirit. And I don't do this, but um, it did come out. And so I want to just uh, let you hear it, okay? Um, I think this is the one that I want. I think it is. Uh, if it's not, I'm sorry. But here, I want to I want to play this for you. And uh, let's see if I can get this off the screen. Okay, we don't need any of that stuff. All right, so let's get through that. I think you'll enjoy this. It'll tie into what we're saying. And um, let me get rid of this little guy. Doop. And uh, let's go here and remove it. And let's, uh, okay, let's bring this guy in. So I want to add to the stream. No, I want to delete it. Thanks for um, going with me here. So now I want to go back here. And I, I, I want to just line this up. I should have before I started, but I just didn't have time to do it. So I want you to hear it loud and clear, please. All right. There it is. And I want to share it. All right. So. Here's what our nation used to be. And I'm going to give you the lyrics of this song, okay? So I want to put it up on the screen, and I want you to hear the song.
You see on the screen, Great God, Our King. That song that was written, the lyrics behind it, refer to a creator, a father. And the only God we know that has a father is one that has a son, Jesus Christ. He talked about the pilgrims, talked about freedom. The greatest nation on the face of the earth, a country today that you, you used to travel to the woods and the forest and you'd go to the great redwoods of the north or you go to the Cascadia Hills, you go to the Rocky Mountains, you go to the Tetons, you go to Yellowstone and Yosemite, uh, you travel down and you, you find these beautiful oceans on the east and the west coast of the United States. You go down to Florida and into the south, southeastern borders of the country and um, you, you find so much the wheat fields and, and, and just it was such a free country and noble men and freedom uh, rang and there was a brotherhood and there were people that loved the beauty of going and being and being a part of and uh, resources and, and destiny and history and foundation and God was at the very foundation and center of it. The pilgrim's pride, for goodness sake. This glorious, glorious country. And now, we don't know who's who anymore. They're, on the, on the left, they're calling all the right-wing extremists, they're ruining our democracy. The right is ruining our democracy. Wait a second. We were a prosperous nation when we didn't kill innocent babies in the womb. We were a prosperous nation when we didn't unleash the LGBTQ community. We were a prosperous nation when Hollywood was under restriction that you didn't even hear the word damn uh, because it would shock the nation. No, we were a great generation, a society that was noble, a society that was rich, a society that was powerful and beautiful and free and wonderful. The left came in and said, now we need to slaughter innocent babies' blood. We need Woodstock. We need psychedelics, LSD, free sex. We need to open it up and go to Vietnam and give a little population control of 52,000 young men. Uh, we need to get involved and get involved in this. Oh, well, we better have abortion. Let's start sending blood on the, the bloody altars of sacrifice. And we'll do that, and, and then we'll move on, and we'll inundate the nation with drugs. Let's bring cocaine and crystal meth and... Let's bring all this stuff in and let's introduce pornography and get pornography running rampant in the society. Well, prior to that, we were a prosperous nation, not perfect, we had its issues, but they were issues to be dealt with. Now the left, having promoted all this evil and wickedness from Hollywood and the White House and everywhere in between, are calling the people that are real Americans who don't want innocent bloodshed, who don't want homosexuals and lesbians and pedophiles and transgenders running rampant through the nation. We don't want the corruption and the filth and the degradation out of Hollywood and the filthy, unaccounted, corrupt politicians to keep going free while they keep demanding everybody to serve their purposes, which is to fleece the flock of this, this nation. So they're calling the good people evil. We're ruining your society, because we don't go along with your flow. And so now we're confused. And that's exactly what they wanted to happen. They wanted to confuse us. There was a time in our nation 
that it was wonderful. Wonderful. And when you look back, you go, my God, this was the greatest nation on the face of the earth. But in our generation, listen to me, in one generation, one generation coming out of World War II when we were the superheroes of the world, in one generation we have been turned into hell. We have been turned into Sodom and Gomorrah. We have turned ourselves over to the spirit of witchcraft rather than the Holy Spirit of the living God. And the Christians in this country gave up their stand to stand against the evils that were pressing in. And here we are. Wealthy churches. Wealthy, 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 but won't speak the truth. They won't speak the hard things. They won't. They feel like, well, that's not up to us. We're just going to tell it about Jesus. They won't speak the hard things. That's, that's an imbalanced church. And because they wouldn't speak the hard things when they had the television, when they had the Internet, when they had the radio, when they had their magazines, they just mixed the message. They watered it down, and it had no potency or power to resist the flood of iniquity that poured into this country. And now people are languishing in perdition. And Christians are saying, hmm, well, we're not out of here yet in a preacher of rapture, so maybe I could just live a little bit longer. Um, so uh, we have a telephone number. The number is 818-369-0326, 818-369-0326. If you have a question or comment you'd like to call in and share your thoughts, you're welcome to do so. Um, what is this broadcast today basically saying? Only with your eyes will you behold and see the retribution. And what's interesting about that definition in Psalm 91.8, uh, you see the reward of the wicked, the retribution, the shaloma, uh, shaloma. It talks about a safe security. In other words, only with your eyes are you going to see what's going to happen, but at the same time, I'm going to secure you. And that word comes from shalom, peace, to be kept safe in mind, to be kept safe in body, to be kept safe in spirit. The word reward actually means that. Shaluma, the shalom, the shalom is the root. Shalom. You will have shalom in the time of retribution. So you don't have to be worried and afraid. You need to prepare because God's saying, go into your ark, eat your own food, drink your own water, take care of yourselves because I'm getting ready to shake this earth. And when it goes, and it's already begun in our generation, but when these next, this sixth seal and possibly the sixth seal, and this trumpets begin to blow, the world never, it never is normal again. This thing just goes. It's over. Saints of God, be ready to walk through it all. Now, somebody may say that we're already way past this. We're deeper into this. We're right at the door of the Great Tribulation. I hope so. I hope so. 
I, my, my spirit is saying, Lord, come quickly. My spirit is saying, yes, let it be. Hasten the day of the Lord. My spirit is saying, Father, wrap it up. Let's go. We don't need to live in a sin-sick world anymore. We want to know the glory of your kingdom. We want to know eternal things. We want our glorified bodies. We want to get on with eternity, Lord, your eternal purpose. We don't need to live in this kind of environment. It's been 6,000 years, Lord, or six millennial days. Lord, the seventh day is coming. The millennial day of rest is coming. And, and that millennial day is coming with the binding of Satan for a thousand years in a pit, the false prophet and the beast thrown into the lake of fire, the armies of heaven coming down and fighting and making war and taking over the nation so we could rule and reign for a thousand years. The glory of God will be in the earth for a thousand years. Jerusalem will be the headquarters. We will be gathered together. We will be there governing nations for a thousand years in glorified bodies. Are you kidding me? Should we want to wait here and hang out and let this keep going on? No, Lord, bring it on. And let us be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. And if we do die as martyrs, we have the, the hope of a resurrection. We will come back to earth. And we will be with the Lord forever and ever. When I look at all the things that are going on in this world, so many things going on in this world. I say, Lord, come quickly. Lord, come quickly. So do I believe that there will be nuclear weapons all over this country? Yes. Saw them. I believe that there will be a lights out. I believe that 7 to 15 nuclear or dirty bombs will be detonated in 7 to 15 major cities across the United States on the same day. I don't know when. Maybe during the sixth trumpet. Maybe today. I don't know. But I know it's coming. I know it's in the time frame. We're getting ready for a shaking God's going to step in. There's going to be silence because it's going to be great. And then we're going to a new level, a new phase of accelerated birth pangs. And that's where we stand. So that's the good news. Is it the good news or is the good news that only with our eyes shall we behold and see? Only with our eyes shall we behold and see the reward of the wicked. Psalm 91 is everything to our generation. It's 911, he that dwells in the secret place. So you see that 911 there? Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. 
Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness. I forgot something. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Almost. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall gather thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt trample upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. I've set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will deliver him. I will honor him. With long life shall I satisfy him and show him my salvation. That psalm has to be so deeply rooted and affirmed in you and I in this hour. Because whether we're at a mall and the guns go off and the, and the shootings happen, uh, if, we're, if, we're, if we're even there, we should be navigated by the Holy Spirit. If we're there, we should be there on purpose. Um, but it shall not come nigh us. You have to know that you're walking in a supernatural hedge of protection and that God knows how to take people out that will harm you because you're that dear to him. And he can do it. And I'm telling you, this is a time to get this deeply rooted in your spirit. You get in there. You memorize it. You learn it. You do it. So when you're sitting in a dark place with nothing around, you can quote that scripture. Get the scriptures downloaded in you. Remember the things that you've been hearing so that when the time comes, you'll be able to go over and say, wait, this is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord said. Therefore, I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to be afraid. We're on track. God's doing something. That being said, let's take a first call this morning. Let's go to our friends in South Dakota, Ken and Kathy. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You are on the air. How are you? Good morning. Good. Um, I agree with this here because this is the warning the Lord has been giving. Now, in the last months, very extremely to the people, and not just recently, the Lord has been showing me there's another scripture that possibly will go with this, what you're talking about with Psalms 91. It's in Isaiah 26, and it's the 20th verse. It says, Come, my people. Enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain. And in God's destruction that's coming, it's the wicked that are going to be destroyed off the earth, not the righteous. So this is what Amen. God is trying to tell us. Amen. So praise the Lord. And I say, come, Lord Jesus. 
That is the cry of my heart. Kathy, let me ask you a question. Yeah, amen. Let me ask you this question. Um, I remember a, a photo that you and Ken showed, Patricia and I. It was a black and white photo of your wedding day. Um, this country has really changed, hasn't it, since the times that when you and Ken were married and the way people used to live their life. Speaking of that just for a moment. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there was honor in the days that I was being brought up and my husband. There was integrity. And uh, we don't have that honesty anymore among us. And then there were morals that people abided by. And the, the Ten Commandments were put into our hearts at a very young age, and we had the fear of God. Wow. And so was it a beautiful country back then? Oh, America. America was, yes, it was, it was good. I mean, there were a lot of struggles and things like that that people went through even in our time when we were growing up in the uh, 50s and, and 60s and so forth. But we had a, um, there seemed to be more of a peace on the earth. Uh, the peace is gone from America. People are running to and fro and for a gain. They're seeking a gain. They don't even know where it is or what it is. It's just uh, that's what we've come to in our time now in America. Amazing. I think I have your husband on the other line, Ken, and I think he wants to speak into this. So, uh, Ken, good morning. God bless you, sir. How are you? Good morning. Um, the question that you asked as far as I've been walking on this earth for 80-plus years, and it turns out that our country is nothing like what Europe has done. They have kept up their structures. They have ended up, they've built buildings that are going to last. I ended up, I can recall, going into churches, going into courthouses, and it turned out that these buildings were built to last 100 years, and that. And it turns out we just came back from a trip where we covered roughly 700 miles, and I have never seen such poor road conditions as we have right now. The infrastructure, which includes our sewer, our water, all that, that supplies the people the needs that they have in this country is going downhill as well as everything else. You remember days, better days gone by when America was a more beautiful place, a more a uh, healthy place to breathe in fresh air. Do you remember any of those days you could speak into? I sure can. And the other thing is, is I ended up, I went through the days of Elvis, and it turned out that, hey, Woo. I'm not proud of I'm not. I'm not proud of it, but yet I could, at that time, I enjoyed it. Looking back, I feel those days were part of our failure. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, the introduction of rock and roll into America. Uh, amazing. When it all began to happen, the 50s and 60s, right? Unbelievable. Correct. So right. were, the mountain, were the mountains more beautiful? Were, was the land more free? Was there just a different uh, atmosphere to people? Um, I, 
I don't know that they were more beautiful, but I think they were more appreciated as far as right now we end up to the point where we keep our eyes on the TV, we keep our eyes on the iPad, we keep our mouths on the phone uh, texting, um, and we don't really take and appreciate a lot of the things that are out there that are free and God-given. Well, yeah, I guess the appreciation value, uh, you know, it's kind of like the difference between uh, Cain was a city builder, Nimrod was a city builder, all these city builders, and the city became more pre- predominant in the mountains and the forest and all these beautiful things have just been kind of uh, not appreciated. I think you said it very well. All right. And well, we Kathy. A, we, we, we have a, a generation out there now that they don't want to mow lawns. They don't want to shovel snow. They don't want to do maintenance. They want to go to work. I want to get a paycheck. I want to go home. I want to end up have entertainment. I want my food, fast, fast food, such as microwave, whatever. So we are not willing to work for what we have, we're willing to go to a job, get some money, and be taken care of, and especially taken care of by our government. Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, today we go to the grocery store, and you don't know the people that are in line with you at the checkout stand if they're far leftist uh, or, or otherwise. Um, you just don't know. Was it easier back in in the day with you all, where you basically understood we're all Americans? Yes, it was. And I mean, we learned manners. We learned how to communicate with people. We learned how to say yes. We learned how to say no. We ended up. We learned to say thank you. We ended up. Uh, manners were something that was taught. It, hey, there's a certain amount of things that are hereditary, but there's a certain amount of things that parents need to teach their children, such as respect for elders, um, yes, no, maybe, can I, those sort of words, are not part of the vocabulary anymore. Uh, It's give me, give me, give me. And as far as the churches, to a certain degree, uh, have failed the people, and I'm not saying the people have failed the people. I'm saying the per- the preachers that are in the pulpit, they are afraid to preach the word of the Bible because of finances. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? Yeah, if the word of God would have been spoken clearly and, and precisely the way that God wants it to be spoken, uh, we probably wouldn't be here right now. I really believe that. Right. I believe that the church yeah, no. just kind of... Okay, I'm going to listen, and I'd like my wife to have the last word. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Blessed is he that shall endure unto the end. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. That's right, Kathy. Bye-bye. God bless you both. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it very, very much. Got another call coming in here we're going to take coming from area code 309. I'm thinking this is our friend Jim. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. How are you, sir? Good. Is this Jim? Yes, it is. How are you? I'm doing very good. Thank you. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I was interested in 
the conversation, especially about those four wins and different things that you're explaining so well. Um, I don't think a lot of people get the procession of events, um, that the seals come first, and then we have a trumpet event next, and then a bull event. And I think if you go to Revelation 8, 1, and 2, it literally says that you have the seven seals break first, and then you have that half an hour of silence, probably that selection of 144,000 before you get those trumpets out there. But I think it's interesting on that seven seal when those four winds are being held, they're actually released on that sixth trumpet. So if you go to the sixth trumpet, it indicates that they're released at that moment. And when the trumpets are handed out, they're handed out to angels, and I believe that the winds might be more like cherubim or... Um, protectors. Um, We know that on God's seat there's uh, living beings around him and they have specific jobs and things like that, but um, it's interesting that they're held on a specific seal, the seventh seal, but then they're released on that sixth trumpet right before Antichrist rises. Um, And so I think when you see that sixth seal occur, then you have also that 200 million army come out of the probably radical Muslims um, that have, um, you know, I, I, I have nothing yeah. against Muslims, but um, the radical Muslims that are, um, you know, trying to take over the world. So um, it's just interesting that, um, but there's a procession of events. I think people don't get the procession. A lot of people want to take those seals and push them into a bowl or a, a trumpet event. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that. I think you have to look at how the book's laid out. Um, but also, if you look at that sixth seal event that you were talking about, he's throwing stars down from heaven. And I've talked about possibly how the white horseman might be Gog of Ezekiel 38 and 39 because they destroy them and then bury them, and then they burn the weapons for seven years, alluding to a seven-year tribulation period coming up. And if you look at how Antichrist and, the, and Satan are both destroyed, they're both thrown in a lake of fire. So they're not the same um, characters or players. So if you look at that first seal, if that is the white horseman, if that's Gog of Ezekiel and he dies on the sixth seal in Revelation 6.16 by the wrath of the Son or the Lamb, then that would then morph into a trumpet phase, and we would then see all that decimation about what you talked about there. We would see that pit open on the fifth trumpet, and I think it's interesting in 8.13, he tells us, he warns us about the last three trumpets and that he's throwing Satan from heaven, and he won't have a seat there anymore. But woe to the earth, because he's coming down among you for a short period of time of that 300 or those 1260 days. Um, so he's warning the world at that very moment in 813 that this is among you at that minute, and... What are those events? The fifth trumpet is when the bottomless pit opens. You see the scorpions come out for the five months. You see the resurrection or 
rising of the Antichrist and the false prophet on the sixth trumpet, and then you see the Lord come back on the seventh trumpet. And so I think that's extremely important that that angel is telling you this. And I think also if you look at that fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet, and you realize that they're constantly reoccurring in those what I call those three visions that John has. He has three additional visions while he's in heaven, one of the elect, one of the nations and people, and one of Mystery Babylon. And if you remove those visions, you'll realize that the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet reoccur constantly in those subchapters, or what I call the subchapters. But they occur only once in the main chapter above, which is in Revelation 9, 1, Revelation 9.13, and Revelation 15.1. But when you get into Revelation 10.7, he, he moves him into a vision of the nations and people. That runs for four chapters, and then he brings him back out, which is in 15.1, which is the rapture. And at 10.7, it says, look, I'm not going to blow that seventh trumpet, but when I do, the mystery of God will be complete, and we know that we're not appointed for wrath, which is in 15.1. So if you go from 10.7 to 15.1 and you cut that vision out of the nations and people of those four chapters of 11, 12, 13, and 14, it clearly tells you what's going on in the, on the ground. And it gives you this really cool optic because what it does is it, it's sort of like a microscope. It sort of layers it down. And think about what's happening. In chapter 11, you're talking about the two witnesses um, how they are on the planet hey, Jim. Yeah. Jim, forgive me for yeah, forgive me for my interruption here. Um, I, here's what I think uh, we're happening. You're laying out a tremendous amount of very important information, and what I would like to do, rather than just kind of wrapping it up into these last you know seven minutes, um, what I'd like to really do is set a time apart where you could come on and we could have plenty of time to walk through these things as though uh, nobody's ever heard them before. Um, because what may be happening right now with the different thoughts is, uh, you know, people are thinking, okay, well, we just heard this, now we're going to hear this. So why don't we give a moment for everything to see live uh, of what we've heard today. And, and the most important thing is about getting ourselves ready. And why don't you uh, join me on the air for, you know, an hour and a half? Uh, one day this week or uh, whatever's convenient for you. And this way we could start at the beginning and let you just kind of walk through the whole thing. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, that would be fine. And like I say, I'm just trying to get a different perspective or sure. optic that I don't believe the church is. I'm not really a part of any church. So what I've been right. studying over the last 50 years is completely different it seems like, than what everybody else has been talking about. And I really think we need to be watching with, like I've been saying, that Daniel 8 and Isaiah 28 to 38, because I think we're so going to see get the in, Yeah, so let, let, let's get into that. You know, that, that's another whole topic. Um, and, again, I'm, I'm 23 minutes past my time here. Uh, why don't we take that, all that information, we'll put it uh, into the time we spend together on the air so people can come on fresh and uh, kind of listen to what you have to say, because if you just put it out there right now in a brief moment, uh, they're not going to get it. But if we line this up and you join me on the air and we just let you go, uh, and then we'll we'll kind of have um, conversation as we go. Let's do that, okay? Yep, and what I'll do is I'll break them down into components so 
they're like Good. specific topics that address specific things into where we're heading. So excellent, excellent, Jim. Thank you Jim, for calling, you, and we will Appreciate do that. And you. God bless you, my friend. Okay, so uh, that's Jim. And what, what Jim has done, I've been talking to him on the phone. He's, uh, I agree with a, a lot of what he has put together, and that, that makes our relationship pretty awesome. And uh, because he hasn't been a part of a church, he's been studying for 50 years Bible prophecy. And um, I just think it's really important that he has a, a platform to lay it forth where people could have their pen, their paper, sit down, kind of mark it, go through it. Um, and he and I, uh, whether we understand it or not, there's a lot of agreement. There are some differences as well, but there's a lot to learn from uh, in Bible prophecy. So I'll make sure I bring Jim out of the air um, soon, get him out here quickly, because he's got a lot to share. Uh, with that being said, folks, I've got to go. Uh, we're running late here. And I want to just thank everybody. If you need prayer, remember the number 479-233-3774, 479-233-3774. Uh, if you need prayer for anything, call the number and you'll get prayer and it'll be good. God bless you. Uh, also, for those that are willing to support the ministry, I want to thank everybody who does and will continue to do so. And here's a few ways you can do it. Uh, nwmglobal.org under the donation tab. That's NWM stands for New Wine Ministry, nwmglobal.org. Uh, thank you for giving there. Also, you can mail in a gift or uh, just offering however you want to put that before the Lord. P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. P.O. Box 100, Decatur, Arkansas, AR, 72722. Also, online, you could uh, give a gift on Omega Radio, omegaradio.org, omegaradio.org. There's a donation tab there as well. And then finally, one of my favorites, 41088Omega, right on your telephone. You just text 41088, the small letter Omega, right next to the numbers, 41088Omega. And then you type in the word give, you send it, and they give you all the information to give online directly to this ministry and this work. I want to thank everybody for doing so. I want to thank you for staying with me in the long haul today. I want to thank you for uh, spending time listening to the word. I hope that there are things that you'll be able to digest, chew on, uh, think about, you know, not just let go over, think about, and how to respond to the things that were said today. It's going to be important to our moving forward in the days that lie ahead. All right, so you've been listening to The Watchman here on Omega Radio. I'm Pastor Vincent Xavier. It's good to be with you. I'll see you tomorrow. Lord willing, we'll have a special guest on with us, Brian and Kathy Gray out of Tennessee. Uh, they should be up and ready to go. We'll look forward to hearing how their week went and what God has put in their heart for this time for everyone out there listening. We love you in the name of Jesus Christ. Shalom. Have a great day and be blessed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.